What's up, everybody? Welcome again to the Pilgrims and Prodigals podcast. This is what episode eleven now. I don't know. I want to say like last week was episode eleven, but I'm kind of losing track. We should maybe include the numbers. We should on the website. That would be a genius idea. Yeah, just so we don't have to have conversations like this all the time. Yeah, now that we're famous, <laughs> now that we're famous with our like 31 listeners, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. Heck yeah. I'm I'm literally. I just bought a Rolls Royce the <laughs> other day. Like, <laughs> I never thought podcasting could be so lucrative. I know, man. And all you and all you have to do is like, share, and comment on this post on Facebook, and we'll give you more info about how you can be a millionaire and drive a Rolls Royce. Because it's easy. You should be making money. This is 2017. It's not hard. It works. Yeah. Seriously, like I'm living <laughs> it up over here in my mansion. I mean, things are good. I don't. Yeah, we we moved out of Anderson. Screw that place. We're living in freaking Beverly Hills now, you guys. Yeah. It's so so easy. Literally in your garage, you can start a podcast right next to your furnace with all this background noise. <laughs> And and you will just make millions. Oh. It only takes eleven episodes to freedom. It's a new program mm, I'm coming out with, like the ten step program, but just the eleven episode program. Yeah, because step eleven, after you've gone through all ten steps, is where you turn around and you start sharing the benefits of your life with other people. There you go. So they can join. They can join your team, and it only costs a hundred dollars to join our team. Everyone. Yeah. So just so you know, you can <laughs> if you give me a hundred dollars, I'll give you promises. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they might be a little empty, but uh, <laughs> they're promises. Oh man, dude! I, I freaking have, Keith. Have you ever been tricked into one of those pyramid schemes? Where no, because like, they're all stupid. Like it's like, <laughs> give me money and I'll show you how to get rich. And they're like, all right, showed you how to do it. <laughs> Just ask people for money. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so true. They're literally like, do you want to be rich like me? Awesome. If that's the case, then I have some tips to show you. They only cost $100. All right. Well, there was the tips. Thanks for your $100. And do you? And then they should say, if they were honest, they would turn around and say, did you see that? I just made $100 off of you and I did literally nothing except tell you you would be rich. Right. You can do... You can go do that to other people, and then you'll actually will be rich when you don't give them anything in return for their money <laughs> except promises and teach them how to give other people promises in exchange for their money. It will be fantastic. Well, it's kind of like when you when you uh, bring your tithe to the church and all it does is pays a pastor's salary. <laughs> oh my God. P- I don't know if that's a perfect analogy. Keep Pyra- pyramid scheme. Might be. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so well, so we pastors can, we can are like the, guys we, if you if you bring your tithe to church god will bless you 100 percent. you will plant seed and you will reap a harvest of actual financial blessing i mean look at me people are giving me their money and it's just because i say stuff <laughs> you can do this too all right get come into the discipleship program get trained up we'll make you a pastor and then you can ask people for their money <laughs> that's how you do it that's it you- <laughs> Oh no! You know what? That's uh, too dark. Helping, that's not helping the widows and the orphans, it, feeding the homeless. Nah, we don't need that. We need a new building. We need a. <laughs> we can we can do that, but only after we've given honor where honor is due, and that means paying my salary and the mortgage for this church where I come 
and make my money. Yes. <laughs> Makes that, sense. Okay, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. That that was almost a little too dark for <laughs> me to to go there because because there are pastors out there who are nothing like that, and I don't think any pastor starts out that way. But sometimes it almost. I mean, looking from the outside in, if you're someone who's not involved in church, what we just said would actually make sense to you. And that is scary that that would actually make sense to someone out there. I don't think that any pastor out there, maybe so. I don't think it's too dark, though. I mean, it's making a joke about something that exists. I don't think it's anything dark about that. No. (laughs) I'm not saying, and I don't think all pastors are like that. There's some really good ones out there. There's ones that don't even like to get paid. You're right. You're right. My defense mechanisms are just kicking in to like, but guys, wait, no, church isn't terrible. It's... It's just broken. We need to fix no, it. No, yeah, we need and, a, a, but, we need to put out a disclaimer that we don't hate church. There's just a lot of it that's not seems like a pyramid yeah, scheme and is looks yeah, gross. There's there's a lot of it that's not really real. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I the whole reason I bring this up is because I uh, I got suckered into a pyramid scheme this week. Oh, and I didn't I didn't spend any money, but I did spend a half hour watching instructional videos about how to become your own boss and run your own business. And I should have seen it coming, but the guy just seemed really cool and genuine. And uh, I, as soon as it was, it was over, he was like, all it takes to get started is twenty nine ninety nine. And I'm like, <laughs> son of a, mm, you sweet, lily-livered pumpkin butt. <laughs> it's like every time... Okay, so I'm going to make another... <laughs> Another Christian, oh, so another Christian analogy, and this is someone that I something I realized like last time I went to a conference, and I know that like this is something that we should do, and I actually got I actually did it, but not because I was pressured into it, but okay. it's like whenever you go to a concert or like a Christian conference or something like that, and they have all the bands play, and then they have a guest speaker that comes up, and you think he's just going to be talking about something, but he somehow bends it into okay so now you should sponsor one of these starving kids in another country every time yeah it always turns into that which is good a good thing to do but i don't know i feel like it it turns into something like manipulative when you have a forward intention every time of i I don't know like because i do sponsor kids and i love it i love doing it I think we live in a country where we have way more means than we actually need. And when we can use that to help someone else, that's awesome. But I don't know. I feel like a a lot of those speakers that that speak at those conferences, like they've got their hidden agenda and their hidden motive, even if it's a good one. And it just makes it makes it feel gross when it's like, oh, so you literally the only reason that you spoke for 30 minutes was so you could relate with me or somehow build some kind of empathy within me so that I would sponsor a kid. Like, that was the only reason you just did all of that. And it's just what it feels like. Even though it's a good thing, you can still do it the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I get you. It's just doing it that way is not, uh, how do I say this, is not respecting people's hearts and their convictions to where they would actually want to do something yeah. uh, good. Like, it's basically like just psyching someone up to do something good. You're like, hey, you know what? 
this is the situation and blah, blah, blah. And now that you know how terrible it is for these people and the suffering that goes on, you should give. And I totally respect every pastor that's trying to get good things done by doing that. But in the end of it, I mean, like, you just have to, like, Christians need to self-reflect or just religious people need to self-reflect and say, like, would I have ever given that money if someone didn't stir up something inside of me, like guilt or uh, yeah. inspiration the, or making me feel like something? Yeah, and the worst, the worst part is whenever, because I, I always wonder this, like how many people start sponsoring a child during one of those things and then just oh don't do gosh, it anymore. You're so right. So like you're so right. So like what you do is like you're not only have having a hidden motive or a hidden intent in everything that you're saying, but also you're going to psych these people out with temporary guilt to do something that they really don't want to do. So they're going to sign up. They're going to give a month's worth of finances to, to this kid. And then they're going to stop it. So not, not only are you putting false hope in people, but you're putting false hope in the kids that they're sponsoring too, because they because these people just changed their life for a couple months and then all of a sudden bam it's over so yeah i don't know man i don't even know if they're how the what the right way to do that is because i mean you want to encourage people to give you don't want to i mean but you'd also don't want to manipulate people into giving so at what point does where's the line between encouragement and manipulation i think it really has to do all with the intent yeah like what what's your intent is your intent to raise a ton of money is your intent to inspire people to love. I don't know. Yeah, but that's, I just, I got suckered into that pyramid scheme and uh, I shared a video on my Facebook. You can go there and watch it. It's a guy sitting in a Lamborghini, just throwing money everywhere. And he's like, you can be just like me. And I'm, and, and I watched it again after sharing it. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> duh. Nobody has a Lamborghini and throws money in the air and is like, you're able to get this without any sacrifice at all. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just is is bad move on my part. I'm I just it's a testimony to how crappy that whole manipulation and playing on people's dreams to get them to do something that you want them to do yeah. is. And so, yeah, it just was it was a crappy thing. But good talk. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to yeah. go grab myself a cup of Joe super quick. Um, sure. You can just hang out here, <laughs> you know, do whatever you want. Jump yeah. into your topic for a second. Go ahead and discuss to everybody what it is we're going to be talking about, and I'll be right back. Yeah, right on. Right on. Hey, everybody. It's just it's just me and you again. And I know Keith wants me to talk about okay. the topic, but I don't get these these times with you alone very often. Maybe for like... A minute and 30 seconds every podcast. And I just wanted to tell you that I love you. You're listening to this podcast right now that literally has almost no accolades to get you to listen to it other than the fact that we might share the same frustrations. And I just appreciate you because you get it. And you're you're important to me. I don't even know who you are, but the type of person that listens to this podcast is important to me. And I want to thank you for that. And then also, um, you can have that same impact in other people's lives if you just send us $9.99 every month <laughs> to, to Pilgrims and Prodigals. You can go to the Facebook page 
and uh, we'll give you uh, the information to deposit that. And money. a free T-shirt. Yeah, and a free. Oh, hey, Keith, we should really do T-shirts though. That would be we cool. Should, like, yeah. how cool would that be? I mean, even if we just made two of them and we got to wear them, that would be cool. That would be great. <laughs> I want mine to say the, right, so, the PP podcast. The PP podcast. Yeah. Are you gonna have like a phallic symbol? On the, no, it's gonna. It's just gonna be a. It's gonna be a t- picture of a toilet. Oh, oh, okay. That's much more PC than what I was thinking. <laughs> what were you thinking? That's good. That's, I was thinking. Never mind. We just won't even go there. <laughs> I was thinking something that you see drawn on the wall at a truck stop, like in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, I uh, Keith, I got to be honest with you. When you're gone, I just bonded personally with the audience. So, oh man! <laughs> now I we out. now we can get now we can get into our topic. Um, so I I've been thinking a lot about this. It's been a topic that's been on my heart for a long time, but it's just it's just become more and more relevant the more that I've gotten distant from church culture and seen other religions and things like that. But in Christianity, there's this huge, and I mean huge like really like offensively huge push towards the bible is has the final say doctrine is more important than anything whatever this word says is what you believe it's just like and and there's this huge huge weight put on scripture and i'm not saying that the bible is not valuable all of you evangelical listeners that are not quite as rebellious as me I'm just saying that there is this huge weight put on it, and I feel like it might be a little bit out of, out of balance with the spiritual experience side of Christianity. Because if we if we if we zoom out and we look at all world religions, there are some religions that put all the weight on the text. This book is what we live our lives by. This book right here mm-hmm. in these pages contains the way that you should live: wake up, go to sleep, eat, poop. Uh, enjoy relationships and poop some and more. Coffee and poop some more afterwards. Why? Always, always poop. Diet. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So because you're probably at a coffee shop talking to your friends about how you should poop and the, how the Bible describes that, and then yeah. you're drinking coffee, which is a diuretic, and it makes you want to poop more. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so no, but there's this huge weight put on the Bible, and then in other religions, like I'm thinking of specifically like Buddhism and Hinduism where the religious experience is paramount. It's, I mean, not that they don't have text, but the climax is enlightenment or nirvana or hearing one of the gods speak to you and tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, that's that's the climax. And over here in Christianity, we've got like, I feel like no matter what happens, you're always like, and now that that's over, go look at your Bible and decide whether that was demons that were speaking to you yeah, or yeah. the Holy Spirit. You know <laughs> And so... I don't know. I just, there's gotta be a healthy balance. It can't all be like, Hey Christians, welcome to a life where Jesus wants a real relationship with you, but it only happens when you're looking at this book. Enjoy. Yeah. And I hear what these you're other saying. religions it makes a that lot are like, yeah. And it's just, I think that, I think that there's a really unhealthy relationship between the two in Christian culture for sure. Because what you have is, I mean, there are two different sides. You have the side that's super in the word the absolutely signs and wonders are of the devil. They don't exist anymore. Once the Bible is canonized, the Holy Spirit didn't need to move anymore. 
Therefore, we don't need tongues. We don't need interpretations. We don't need signs, wonders, visions. We don't need all that stuff because we don't need the spiritual stuff anymore because a Bible exists. And then you've got the other side of the extreme, which I think Christianity, the reason there's so much discontent in Christianity is because it always comes down to two extremes. And if we can find a way to marry them and find a, a universal center, I think yeah. I think that a lot of Christianity would realize, like, hey, we believe the same thing. But so you have the super Bible side, and then you have and, – and there's actual names. I can't remember what it's called, like scientific or theological names. But you've got the other side yeah, that's, like, super spiritual. Like, it all comes down to feelings and, and spirit and the Holy Spirit and – signs and wonders yeah, and you're and not really being a christian if you're not seeing people healed and delivered and so what you have are two different camps that are extremes of the other but i think if we could find a way to marry the spirit and the bible together which is what it's supposed to be in the first place then you would find yeah. that even ground where it's like okay the bible has tons of wisdom i can we get the gospel from it we know what Jesus' plan was and the, what the good news is. And then we also have the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us, making us his temple, and he's empowering us to do the works of God. So you've got to be able to join the two together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that personally, like, I've seen spiritual experience, in my Christian experience, spiritual experience, like, hearing the voice of God or having a vision or like really have being impressed to impressed what that no one talks like that. I'm sorry <coughs> to have a weight and uh, uh, just a burden to, to do something or go a certain way. That's kind of frowned upon. I feel like in a lot of ways, if, 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 if you have a spiritual experience and you can't take it back to the Bible and make it make sense using the Bible. Yeah. You're encouraged to just throw out that spiritual experience. Yeah. And just waste everything yeah. that potentially God could have spoken to you right there. Yeah, exactly. And I don't see people if we're if you, if we're going to talk about the Bible, I don't see people in the Bible like when God speaks to them, they're not they're not like, "Huh, God, that sure doesn't make a lot of sense." Uh, let me go back to the scriptures and see if you're really telling the truth or to see if you are who you say you are. Yeah. People are just in the Bible, like the, the people that have extreme faith are the people that they have no ground to stand on other than they have heard the voice of God and God's revealed himself to them. And they're like, I'm just going to go do that. Yeah. And that, that if we, if we, if we lived our lives like that in church culture, we would just be the freaks. Like we would just be yeah. like, uh, those are weird people that kind of believe in some new age uh, weirdness, and uh, we don't we don't really associate with that. Or as as some church would say, we don't fellowship with that. You know. What I mean? <laughs> See, uh, if you're of the devil, we cannot have communion with you. So we have to be like minded, and uh... <laughs> we only have so many little juice cups of grape juice and communion wafers. We're not wasting it on some people that believe some funky, nasty stuff like you. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, so weird. No, but but uh, but yeah. I mean, it's like it's almost encouraged to not rely on your spiritual experiences. You should rely on this book. And again, I honor and value the Bible. But like, dude, 
if you just look, if you read the thing, I don't know where this whole like importance of like doctrine and this and that ever superseded a real relationship with God. Yeah. Like the Bible says, taste and see that God is good. I'm not tasting the Bible. I am seeing it, but it's not really an experience. I'm gaining knowledge of a topic, but it's still a book. Yeah. A book writ- a book written by God, in my opinion, I think that like God had some okay, it was written by dudes, but I think that God had some heavy like uh, uh producing influence <laughs> to the Bible. Mm-hmm. But it's still just a book. Like I don't want that. That's not what I want my relationship with God to be yeah. about. I want the spiritual experience. I want to Cuz it started off as that. So I will just share super quick like the reason I'm a Christian is not because I read the Bible once and I was like, "Oh dang, this stuff, I need to study it, I need to learn it and and become and that's how I'm going to be a, a believer. That's how I'm going to be a Christian." Like what happened for me was I <clears throat> had an experience where I felt God. And I know that, you know, I've had arguments with a a lot of friends who aren't believers. And, you know, they've talked about, like, is it just an emotional experience? And one thing I would like to to just differentiate really quick is that an emotional experience and a spiritual experience are two different things. And I know that sounds weird. If you're listening to this and you're not a Christian and you don't understand what the difference between that, but it just is. It's different, like... I know when I have felt God because it is something that's different than just I got butterflies or I got a happy feeling or my attitude got better or I was sad and now I'm happy. Like it's something crazy that happens that supersedes emotion. So when I got saved, I remember I remember going up to the altar and at this church that I was at and you know they did an altar call or whatever. And I went up there and got prayed for. And this guy wrapped his arms around me, started praying for me. And I literally felt the warmth of God. And I know that for to a lot of people that sounds crazy. But as this guy was hugging me, I literally felt God's love entering into me. Like, I don't really know how to explain that. But, like, my soul was, like, revived. And from that moment, I have not been able to deny that throughout all the searching, all of the, you know, what's bullshit and what's real, what's right and what's wrong throughout everything. Like I have not in one instance been able to deny God because what he did for me in that moment superseded emotions. It superseded intellect. It superseded everything because I do believe it was in the realm of the supernatural, which is beyond what my natural eyes can see what my natural ears can hear or my natural mind can perceive. Like it was a spiritual experience is something so much more than just, like I said before, getting the butterflies in your stomach. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that you, you, I love that story cause it frames it up so well that like an emotion and a feeling is something that comes and it goes but like the love of God isn't an emotion or a feeling in my book. I see it as more of like a reality that you experience. Yeah. Like it, it just is a thing whether you feel it or not. And it's not like a, I wish I was feeling this or I'm trying to feel this. It's literally just you like, just a, do. Oh wow. Yeah. 
I re- I realize that reality and it changes things. It's it's not so much of a feeling as it is a realization of reality. You're like, "Whoa, God loves me." Yeah. And and that's about how it goes. <laughs> like um so yeah, I mean, dude, I've had so many spiritual experiences. Now, granted, I have been in some of those weird churches and places that we were talking about where it's like you just don't really, I, I personally don't comprehend everything that was going on, but I've been in some experiences that I can't, I can't deny like, okay. So in, in 2010, I lived in Louisiana and I was doing an internship down there at this church and this, this internship was weird. Yeah. There was some crazy, (laughs) crazy stuff going on. Like I can talk about, there was a boot camp you had to go through and like do physical labor. And, uh, if you were late, you were punished and you had to write the Bible out by hand. Like, I mean, it was, it was some weirdness. Okay. The youth of Bible schools or something. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I mean, you could look at it that way. When I was going through it, I was treating it like the Sparta of of Bible schools where like, they're like, if you're really good, you'll make it in the army. If you're not, <laughs> we throw you off a cliff. Wow. Goodbye. <laughs> That's kind of how I was looking at it. And I was like, I'm going to be a Spartan. Okay. Uh, but So your intent I mean, was good. It, it, my intent was good. But man, looking back, there was definitely some funky stuff going on there. But one thing that I can't throw out, I can't say that like it was just stupid, was I was in Walmart parking lot. And I had met this missionary from India a couple of days previous, just in the parking lot because I was being weird. And I sat in front of Walmart and I was handing out bottles of water on a really hot day saying like, hey, here's a cold bottle of water. Um, Do you have a second to talk about Jesus? (laughs) 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 And and yeah, so I've come a long way, guys. But one of the people that came up to me was a missionary from India. And he was like, this is awesome. People don't do this. And I disagree that it was awesome. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think people, he just kind of yeah, saw my yeah. heart. He just saw my heart. But uh, that guy, I met him like two days later at Walmart. He was talking to this guy. And all of a sudden, he's talking to this guy. I'm just walking back to my car. I said, hey. And I went and put my eggs and my cheese in my car. And I hear a dude scream. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I turn back. And I see the guy he's talking to falling on the ground and like swearing at him and cursing at him and spitting on him. And he doesn't like he seem like he's in control of his faculties, and so I run back over Wait, there. Wait, so he was was he I'm pooping like, everywhere? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not all of his faculties. There was no pee. There was no poop. That would have been this. That would have made the situation. It would have made the story a lot more funny, but the situation a lot more crazy. No, he just fell on the ground and was like super aggressive, but like writhing on the ground just like expressing how much he hated this guy. And I'm like, that is not normal, bro. And since I was in this super spiritual, like, oh my gosh, environment, I ran over there and I'm like, dude, this guy is possessed. Like this guy is possessed. So I run over there and I'm like doing my Christian thing, speaking in tongues or whatever. And I run over there and he, the missionary is like, acts like he knows what he's doing. He's like, hold this guy down. And can you just like take a step back and see how like weird the situation <laughs> is that every not Christian person, like this guy's having a, like, it looks like they guys having a seizure and then he's like, hold this guy down. 
Wow. But he's obviously not having a seizure because he's making full sentences and they are like he's speaking smart and not acting right. Yeah. So I'm I'm holding this guy down and he's spitting in my face saying like I'm going to kill your mother, I'm going to slit her throat and your your god is false and blah 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 and like I'm like just praying for the guy and this missionary's like look at me in the eyes. Look at me in the eyes. He's like, you're defeated, Satan. Come out of him right now. And I'm like, oh, this is really happening. Oh, wow. Holy. <laughs> I couldn't believe all that was. So that's happening. And there's like 20 people around. And then one person's like, does that guy need an ambulance? <laughs> and the missionary is like, he just needs a little prayer, brother. You know. <laughs> and so all of that goes on. And afterwards, the guy really comes back to his senses, says nothing like that has ever happened to me. And it keeps asking us, like, what just happened? What was that? Talks about how he's been involved in drugs and uh, his, like, dad had committed suicide and all of this stuff. And really, we just had a chance to love on that guy. Mm-hmm. And 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 I will just – I'm sorry. I, I personally totally believe all that was legit. Yeah. Like, I can't just go off and be like, that didn't happen. So how do you handle situations like that? Do you go to the Bible and say like, okay, let's see what really happened? Yeah. Or do you walk away from that like, shit, man, like what, 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 yeah. what was that? You know what I mean? And you, and do you use that? Do you use that to interpret your, what you think about God or do you go to the Bible and let it totally change or invalidate what really happened? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm of the camp that we can't do that like when there are spiritual experiences that people have you i mean who am i to go to a book and say this book says you are wrong and your experience with god or whatever other spiritual force is completely invalid i i think that the bible is true and that god is the way that he is depicted there but the spiritual experiences you can't just sweep them under the rug and say they don't line up with the Bible. So they're, they don't matter. Yeah. So like, I guess my big question is my big question is do the spiritual experiences that you have, I I guess I'll ask this to you. Yes. The spiritual experiences that you've had in your life, do you trust them more than you trust scripture or do you trust scripture more than you trust your spiritual experiences? See, that's again where I think we have to find the middle ground because I do trust the experiences I've had in my life, but I also do trust the Bible. Um, now, I don't. I don't necessarily think that every every experience that I've had has to like find its roots in the Word. Otherwise, it didn't happen or it wasn't legitimate. But I also, I've also found that a lot of the experiences I've had have found their relevance in the Bible. Like I remember. Um, one time when I first got saved, I had this, uh, I had this dream and it was like the first week I was saved. I had this dream that I was running through this field and I was like, you know, running away from my old life and running to this big house that was being built. So, uh, you know, I ran into it and there were tables everywhere and people all around and, you could tell, like, I just knew there was a lot of stuff. I knew it was a dream from God because 
there's a lot of stuff that I knew that wasn't even explained. So like I knew that the house had been being built for a long time, even though that wasn't told to me, it wasn't explained to me. And, um, every, I also knew that the guy who was building the house was super amazing and awesome, even though I never met him and nobody, you know, nobody in the house like saw him, but they would, everyone was just talking about how awesome, you know, the builder was. And then I remember looking up and do you know, like where a, a wall meets a ceiling? I saw a block in it and I, I thought to myself, that's a cornerstone. And this is first week of being saved. I, I And I don't know anything about carpentry either, so I don't know what a freaking cornerstone is. I don't know that that's what holds a wall together. So yeah. So I just remember waking up from that dream, and I was like, oh, that was a cool, that was a cool dream. You know, not thinking anything about it. I've never had anything like that happen before. So I was reading my Bible a few days later in Ephesians 2. And then verse 19 through 22, this is something that's always stuck to me since I've been a Christian, is um, says that you are no longer foreigners and strangers to God, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, um, which has its foundations as the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. And in the same way, you yourself are being built to house the Holy Spirit. So when I read that, literally, um, my... I lived in a dorm at the time, and my my uh, roommate was literally in the room, and I just started breaking down crying because whatever validation that dream had, the when I was reading the Bible and I was reading that little section of scripture, like it was like God put something on me right there and validated everything I was feeling, and I felt again like that a spiritual experience, like I felt. Like God was saying, bam, this is what I was telling you from that dream. So I, but yeah, there are, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. And there are, like, and there are times when I've had, you know, visions or dreams or, you know, a word from somebody, a word of knowledge and all that stuff, which all this stuff is found in the Bible. So I, I feel like it's got its validation there. So, but there are times that I've had experiences that, I didn't necessarily find in the Bible. So I I don't invalidate those because because whatever I heard wasn't written word for word in the Bible. So I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if I had to put one above the other, I feel like I would probably put spiritual experiences above the Bible. But that doesn't I doesn't it. mean I disrespect the Bible by any means. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I guess I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not saying that like if I have a spiritual experience that's different than the Bible, I'm going to throw the Bible out. But if I have a spiritual experience that's different than the Bible, I'm not going to throw that spiritual experience out. Either. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I don't know, man. Like, I'm just saying that spiritual experiences are what I would call like the pinnacle of the Christian experience. Like we, as a, as a Christian, like in, even as a human to just think of the concept of God and then to dream up or imagine what it would be like to interact with that. Yeah. Is just like, bruh. And then you think about it and you're like reading a book about that thing that you think is God. 
doesn't have that same. And the thing man, is, I, I want that. Like people aren't hungry for that. At, like they are spiritual experience. Well, and the Sorry, thing is, ahead. when we read the Bible, what we're what you're doing, what you're doing, <laughs> what you're doing is reading. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're reading a transcript of a bunch of people who have interacted with God that way. Exactly. It's just like, and here are some examples of what this appears like. Yeah. And and but you can't have all that. Of this it. was only for them. Now you have the Bible. Exactly. What the junk? That is just yeah. dumb. That is stupid. Like, th- here's all these people that experience God. And so now that we've described those processes and the things that they discovered from revelation of him, stop trying to be like all these people and just accept their experience as good enough for you to formulate what you think God is. That's like, have you ever heard of the game Telephone? Yeah. Like, where one person says something and then you say it on down the line and it becomes something different. That's why we, I, I personally am going to go out on a limb and say that's why there's so much confusion and division in the church is because we, when you try to build your entire spiritual experience off of the experiences of people and stories about people that have experienced a God, rather than personally experiencing him yourself, you just get to a bad place where... Yeah. You're not really sure what to believe. Because you don't know it. You're just, you're basing what you believe based off what someone else has experienced instead of exactly. trying to get that yourself. So, and, and this is, this is, uh, and th- this is kind of where I have it is that like the pinnacle of my spiritual or my Christian experience is those times where I hear God speak, those matter more to me than anything else. Yeah. Like literally there's nothing on the table at that point. That matters more than anything. And then whenever I'm at my lowest and I'm like, I, God, I don't feel you. And I am literally depressed right now. And I don't have a lot of motivation to do anything. I'm not even sure if you like me anymore. You know, when I'm at those places spiritually, I love to go to the Bible because I can see it. It it kind of shows me when I'm not feeling God, it shows me what, helps me remember what he is like if that makes sense like seeing someone else experience god or hearing the story inspires me to remember the high points of my own spiritual experience and who god is and i think that's really the role that it's supposed to serve i think we should be pursuing these spiritual experiences and i mean other religions talking about nirvana and enlightenment i'm not necessarily talking about nirvana and enlightenment but experiencing the person who is God is—it is the. Pinnacle. I mean, it's just another it word. Just, it's um, just another word for what for what we experience. I mean, I mean, enlightenment. Yeah, right. The I mean, when I have these moments with God, I am literally enlightened as to a more in-depth understanding of who God is. Like I feel like through I've really come to know God and have a relationship with Him. Not through a bunch of crap that I've read, but so but through the experiences that, that I've had, and I think like I love the classic crime because um, they have this song where where he says uh, says Have I fucked up my head with all the books that I read? Was I too hungry for the truth to find you? And I think that's as a Christian we do that so much. Like we we're trying to find truth in a bunch of words, but I mean real truth which is who God is, transcends all of that. And you're literally just going to confuse yourself because there are 500 interpretations of what the scripture means or 
there's always at least one extreme in the other. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So like, yeah. what based off human intellect and knowledge of a book, we can come to a conclusion, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be right. But the thing, the the stuff that I know God to be and the things that I'm never going to question are the things that I have experienced. Like, I know that God is love because I have freaking experienced his love, not because I read it in a book. Exactly. So the things that make me have faith are those moments, those moments where I experience, like I literally could just break to pieces and be exactly who I was and still feel like I was loved and cared for. And I was, I, it was good that I was alive because there's, something to hope for those moments are what solidify my relationship with God. Not the things that I've read in scripture. Like when it comes down to the testing and I like, I'm on my last legs. I, I can go to the Bible, but if it, it like, let's say my faith is at its weakest. The thing I can't ever say is fake or ever lose faith in is the fact that I can't unknow the reality that I've seen when God has revealed himself to me. Like those moments are what, those are the, those are the things that anchor my faith. And those are the things I'm not confused about the Bible. I'm willing to discuss and argue and disagree, but those things, you're not going to come to me and take those away. Those are mine. And that's my relationship with God. So, I mean, I think that honestly, more people would be, uh, and I, I don't say this because I'm trying to evangelize with this whole point, but I think that the world in general would be more excited about Christianity if we were more excited about those real spiritual experiences and didn't have to always stick our nose between the pages of the Bible and say, no, 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 this is where you belong. Mm-hmm. Because that is like, that that turns me off. Like, and I know God and I still am like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And so I can only imagine people that like haven't had a spiritual experience or even believe in God that are like, oh yeah, let's read a book from 2000 years ago. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to solve all my problems in life. That's how I, that's how I'd like to govern my life today. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Mm. You know, <laughs> like, no, but if I can tell someone like, I'm just saying Sharing that, a spiritual experience, is exciting. Sharing a scripture is not. Yeah. It does not excite. You know, it, while it might be true, it does not, it does not, um, I don't think that that's the scriptures or what are not. Yeah, and then you hard. really don't even have 100% certainty that it's true because there are so many interpretations of it. Like, my interpretation of the scripture, I you know, don't even, right? I don't even know, like, that's why I'm in a spot right now where I'm like trying to figure out what I believe because I don't know if what I believe about this scripture or that scripture is right because there are other beliefs. Like, you know, we've talked, I think the biggest topic that we've talked about recently is hell. What is it? What isn't it? You know, and who's yeah. going there? Who's not? And I think a lot yeah. of the stuff that we've been taught about hell has been wrong. And now in understanding that, that we were in the minority as far as our belief in what hell actually is. So in in all of that like I'm I'm willing to search all of that out and and admit that what I believed about the Bible was 
was false. But when it comes down to the spiritual experiences, like those are those are things that I will never waver on because those are just as real as the love I share with my wife or exactly anything like that. So, so, and, and that, I mean, that should be the thing that you want to share is the thing that you know, you understand and changed your life. Everything else is like, it's hard for me to want to be like, I, I don't know, be an advocate of something I don't necessarily fully understand, but I will absolutely be an advocate for the spiritual experiences I've had and the God that I've come to know. I will gladly share that with people because it's changed my life in an awesome way. And I think that if we started, I don't know, maybe going that route, I'm not saying that like everybody's all of a sudden going to be like, Oh, now I want to be a Christian now. I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen, but I think that people would be more willing to like, yeah, man, that's cool. Instead of like your Bible sucks and rah, rah, rah. I don't know. Either way. I just think that, we have an unhealthy relationship with spiritual experience in the Western church and we focus too much on doctrine and this and that and the revelations that other people have received. Mm -hmm. I encourage you, if you are a Christian listening or you're not at all, I encourage you to seek a, a real experience, not go read your Bible. I do not encourage you to read your Bible more than I would encourage you to really, I mean, taste and see that a spiritual life is a good life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, cause, cause that's going to help you out a lot more. I just think personally, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's uh, completely evident. If you just look at the Bible or even the stories that are in it is God's interaction with man is way more important than man's interaction with the Bible. But you know, it's going to help you out even more than that. Liking our Facebook page, um, go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. I mean, that is going to skyrocket your spiritual life. Like, if you think that you know God now, wait till you hit that like button. I am telling you, God is going to, like, seriously, the skies are going to open. You're going to hear, like, harps and, like, some, like, cool pads, like... The clouds will part like butt cheeks, and the Lord will drop a steamy <laughs> deuce of spiritual power on you. You yeah. will just be a new man. Your face, your face will shine and emanate with the glory of God. Yeah. If you okay, if you and, and so there are different levels to this. If you like the page, you can enjoy <laughs> a nice, warm feeling for the rest of the yeah. day. If you share this podcast you will definitely be able to um, just pray for people and things will really happen. And then if you like, share, and uh, I don't know, what else can they do? Leave a review on iTunes, then your face will literally shine. On and you. not to and- mention, I have officially locked down Uh-oh. our URL on the Google Play Store as well. So all you losers on Android, including myself, can officially <laughs> listen to the podcast without actually having to go to this website and go here and download that. Just download a podcast app and go to the search bar and search Pilgrims and Prodigals, and we are officially on the Google Play Store. So you're welcome, and I know I'm awesome. You don't have to tell me, so... Yeah, that's honestly how I feel about the whole like 
share and subscribe thing. I don't I don't need validation, so that's okay <laughs> if you don't. I just I think that there is maybe some people who would need to hear these real talks about bullcrap that nobody else is. Well, I mean, people are talking about it, but get a real perspective on it, not some not some perspective that's looking to actually get your money or uh, get you to come back next week because, I mean, the only reason you'd come back to this podcast next week is if you like real conversation about topics, not because you're you you've been manipulated into thinking that it's necessary. <laughs> by the way, just so everybody's listening, you don't need this podcast by any means. I don't know if anyone even does at all, but hey, we want to have a real conversation. You want to join? Hop on the Pilgrims and Prodigals Facebook, iTunes whatever it is. Yeah. We'd love to share. Anyways, I got to get off here because I have a dentist appointment in 30 minutes. So, uh oh. All right. Well, just let me know if they put you under anesthesia and you have a spiritual experience. I, I will about share it, okay? it with, with, with all of <laughs> y'all. All right. Right on. And if, if you're really loopy afterwards, make sure Amanda records it so that we can share that. on the, yeah. on the... All right. All I would right, love man. to you, stay for some more a... small talk, but I got to get off here. All right, man. Signing off. Love y'all. Talk to you later, Yeah. Keith. Enjoy the dentist. Yep. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.